Hello, I'm Eddie French, and you might recognise me from such icy news noises as... <coughs> Daddy! And who could forget... <coughs> well, the good news is, is that I now have my own podcast. It's called Pick Scraped, and it is a fortnightly sketch show uh, made entirely by me. So if that sounds like the sort of thing you'd like, go to wherever you get your podcasts and listen to it. Thank you. Pick Scraped. It's coming, not staying at home. It's coming up. Oh, this was a poor song choice. Never mind. <laughs> We've done it, Sam. We've fucking done it. Marvellous. I can tell this is going to be another one of your highly professional efforts, Danny. Too fucking right it is, pal. Unlock the doors, everyone. If you've battened down the hatches, you better... You better un- unbatten them. Unbatten them all the way up. Get your dancing shoes on. It's time to live again. You may take our lives, but you'll never take our freedom. Oh, I feel sick. Look, I'm glad you're excited about lockdown ending, but you did actually have a job to do this week. Yep, and I fucking smashed it, mate. Danny wins. It's been some of my finest undercover work today, even if I do say so myself. I'm celebrating, pal. Soon, the old country will be free again. Why can't Why can't you just be happy for me once, you uptight fuck? Live a little, Sam. Get that stick out your ass and have a drink with me. Can we just do your actual report first, please? You were meant to be looking at the government's procurement process. I did more than look, mate. 34 million. That's what I got. Danny's jet-washing peronium. And barnium. Emperonium, Danny's Jet Wash Club. Danny's Jet Wash Club is now the NHS's latest provider of sanitizer and personal protective equipment. It's the biggest deal we've ever landed, pal, and it's all about who you know. Nudge, nudge, wank, wank. <laughs> Holy shit. I wasn't aware that you had any contacts in the government, Danny. Ask me no questions, and I will tell you no lies, Samuel. And well, asking questions is kind of key here. In fact, it's almost entirely how journalism works. God, fine. Let's just get on with it then. I've got a party to get back to, you know. Rule one of winning a big deal is always to pay it back to your workforce. You know, make sure they're appreciated. I wasn't aware your little jet wash business had any employees. It didn't, but now we're on the hook for a 500,000 litres of hand gel and 50 million plastic aprons. I've had to upscale pretty fucking quick. Only the best for us, though. What was once a one-man jetwash empire is now a sprawling cum-guzzler, mate. I think you mean conglomerate, Danny. That's what I said. It's no longer just me, basically. We've got Fat Gary, Arctic John... Frank shenanigans on quality control and magic bus lady doing the admin. Jobs for old pals. That's the Tory way. It's a well-oiled machine, Sam. 
You certainly sound well-oiled, but that doesn't answer the question of how a reprobate like you had an inside track to the government's procurement process. Well, that's where the undercover work comes in, my mate. It was really very simple. I ran into Matt Hancock on the street, and I grabbed him in a headlock, and I called him a tosser, and I said, Remember me? Do you know Matt Hancock, Danny? Of course I fucking don't. But I know people, Sam. And one look at that frightened Pinocchio-looking motherfucker, and I knew him inside out. You know the type. Charmless, Weasley, smarter than most kids at school, but completely lacking any talent or charisma. Desperate to be liked, so they laugh along with the wedges as if they're in on the joke. Yeah, yeah, there's a certain painful familiarity to that description. (laughs) So you see how it worked then? I just acted like I'd spent most of my childhood flushing a prick's head in a toilet. Et voila! All of a sudden, he wanted to impress me. <laughs> and now I've got a £28 million contract with the government. The system works, Sam. Hang on, just a couple of minutes ago, you said it was a £34 million contract. Minus £6 million in upfront party supplies, yes. I'm not sure that's how government contracts work, Danny. Well, then it's a good job nobody's fucking checking then, isn't it? <laughs> Are you even good to supply sanitizer and aprons at that sort of scale? Do you have that sort of production capacity? Oh my god, you're so boring, Sam. No, of course I fucking don't. But I'm not making any of it, am I? I'm just going to buy it from somewhere else and pocket the frankly fucking massive difference. That's the efficiency of the private sector in action. Once you recognise that, the Tory way doesn't seem that bad, you know. Unless, of course, you're the sort of pussy who likes value for your taxes. Now, if you don't mind, pal, I've really got to go. Arctic John's K-holing again and I'm going to have to talk him round. I'm Danny Sutcliffe. I'm going to grab myself another cocaine mimosa. Reporting for IC News. Calm down, John. The bees aren't real, mate. The bees aren't real. The jade egg is an ancient um, Chinese practice where women insert the jade egg in their lady parts. Right. And um, to help tone the pelvic floor. How does it help do that? I don't know. I need to start my jade egg (laughs) practice. Hello, everybody. I'm Tom King, stand-up comic and enjoyer of money. My ability to do both of those things has been thoroughly shafted by the pandemic over the last year or so, which is why I've frantically been branching out in a desperate effort to make ends meet. On that note, if you're listening at home, right now, you've got a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to get in on the ground floor with an exciting new British startup. King's Beard Oil will give your facial hair the sort of regal luster that lesser men can only dream of. And it retails at my Etsy store for just £15 a bottle. Buy now, beard later. (sighs) I'm not very good at slogans. It's thoroughly depressing, but this is the world we're living in now, people. If the pandemic has shown us one thing, it's that the hustle is real. Independent businesses have had to adapt in order to even survive, let alone thrive, and it's allowed opportunists and charlatans to throw open the doors of their snake oil wagons. Not that King's Beard Oil is anything like snake oil, of course. King's Beard Oil is brilliant and definitely not just the contents of a George Foreman drip tray with a splash or two of bergamot extract thrown in to mask the smell of bacon. 
With human contact cut to a minimum and customers craving that personal touch, the market for homemade goods has never been stronger. Candles, bath bombs, brownies, truffles, you name it, someone on your Facebook has packaged it up with a bunch of shredded tissue paper and flogged it at a fucking premium. Every fucker you've ever met makes cheesecakes now, and repackaging Haribo has now become an entire cottage industry. You can slap a ribbon on a sherbet dibdab and all of a sudden you're an artisanal tradesman. The spirit of pandemic solidarity and the desire to support small businesses means there's now a mug, (coughs) sorry, customer, out there for everyone. You just need to find them and then pressure them relentlessly to buy into your particular brand of bullshit. And make no mistake, wellness is bullshit. And it's the personal touch hustle writ large and expanded to an industrial scale. It's a honking great pile of pseudoscience gibberish packaged up and flogged to the highest bidder. And Gwyneth Paltrow is the absolute master of the con. Don't get me wrong, I'm not necessarily jumping down her throat. Game recognises game after all. If there's one guaranteed way to bring in a footload of cash at a time of unprecedented global health anxiety, it's with a whole bunch of useless miracle cures and meaningless lifestyle slogans. Is it really exploitation if the mark walks right into your shop and slaps their money down on the counter? Yes. Yes, of course it fucking is. But it's perfectly legal, and what's more, it's easy. Traditional health and lifestyle advice tends to require expensive and pesky bureaucracy like qualifications or a medical licence. Wellness doesn't need any of that shite. As a term, it's meaningless and nebulous enough to retain just enough plausible deniability. So you can flog just as many jade fanny eggs as you like, and if one of your punters forgets it's up there and shatters a day the next time she sneezes, you aren't liable. You're just a lifestyle brand, whatever the fuck that actually means. Paltrow is just the latest in a long line of exploitative gurus cashing in on the neuroses of a customer base who obsess over toxins and negative energy. It's big money, particularly in the middle of a pandemic, which is why I've come here. This is Earth Delta Reiki Conscious Uncoupling 42. Here, Gwyneth Paltrow's Gook brand is the sole global healthcare provider. That means the coronavirus pandemic here has been tackled head-on by a whole range of alternative therapies from infrared saunas to vaginal steam cleans to yoghurt cleansers and antiviral interpretive dancers. Now, I really wish I had more to show you, to be honest, but I couldn't find a single person to interview. Because everyone's fucking dead. I'm Tom King. And thankfully, the positive dermal ions in King's beard oil channel the negative energy of this universe down and away from my immune system. Reporting for IC News. (coughs) Oh, fuck. They say that we've lost touch with sort of being barefoot in the earth and that there's some type of electromagnetic thing that we're missing. And that is so true. it's good to take your shoes off and walk in the grass. Okay. I don't know what the <laughs> we talk about. <laughs> 
Joining us now to discuss the future of the Republican Party is John McDonalds, a Trump supporter who was at the Conservative Political Action Conference last weekend. Hello again, Sam. I'm John McDonalds, just a regular American guy, the most regular apple pie, go to ball games, working in a 7-Eleven and earning what I can only assume is one, two or three million dollars a year. All that stuff. That's me, Sam. Average Joe. That's what they call me. Right. Thanks for joining us again, John. First things first, this was the first major public appearance by Trump since he lost the presidency. Well, I'm going to have to stop you there, Sam, because he didn't lose the presidency. It was stolen. Stolen by radical far-left, liberal elite, communist cancel culture, transgender, Antifa Democrats. That's quite a list. I know, right? I'd be working on getting my word count up. Now I'm not limited to 280 characters. If you've got any new words for Democrats, let me know. It doesn't matter if they're true or not. They just need to sound scary. Let's just try and stay on track, shall we? How do you think Trump's speech went? Well, you know what, Sam? I think it was tremendous. Probably one of the best, if not the best, speeches he's ever made. And I love all his speeches. But i got to tell you, people are saying this was the best one. Lots of people are saying it. The far left, they want to see a Republican civil war. But wars have two sides, Sam. And what Trump did was make it very clear there's only one side. His side. All those people, Trump is still their president. And it's going to be very hard, the most hard, for anyone to take that away from him. And he's going to win a third time in 2024. I'll tell you that for free. Actually, no, I won't. I'm going to invoice you, Sam, and you better pay me. Yeah, Trump mentioned that third win thing in his speech... The fact is, he didn't win, John. Republicans failed to take control of the House, lost the Senate, and also lost the presidency. And actually, even back in 2016, Trump lost the popular vote to Hillary Clinton by nearly three million. Ah! Don't you say that name! It burns, Sam! The point I'm making is that Trump's political victories are actually far flukier than his losses. Given that, and the events of January 6th, it's frankly extraordinary that the GOP are still so willing to tie their fortunes to his. Sam, I'm going to have to stop you again, because you're talking like a man who clearly didn't get the memo. January 6th is ancient history. Republicans said it was a terrible thing for a whole two weeks. And now it's all fine, and we don't have to worry about it anymore. You can't keep living in the past, Sam. I used to say that all the time when I was host of The Apprentice. When were you host of The Apprentice, John? Oh, I mean, when I hosted watch parties for The Apprentice, you know, like an average American does, get the whole building round, crack over the cold one, watch the highest rated show on cable television with your best buds, that sort of thing. That's what I meant. Okay then, let's just get back to your point about the capital attack in January. It certainly did feel like it had all been forgotten at CPAC, but you're still parroting Trump's stolen election narrative, and it's that rhetoric that inspired January's extremism in the first place. If Trump is never going to abandon the obvious lie, that fraud at the sort of scale required to cost him the presidency just did not happen, then the threat of right-wing violence in his name in the US isn't going anywhere. Trump didn't inspire violence of any kind, Sam. Not once. And not once has he ever sent signals to right-wing extremists, who I'm sure are very nice people. You didn't notice the stage itself at CPAC, then? What are you talking about? It was in the exact shape of an odal room, John. 
a symbol co-opted by the Waffen-SS as an alternative to the swastika and a widely recognised emblem of white supremacy. And now you're just clutching at straws, Sam. Come on, that's ridiculous. Everything's racist to you people. What's next, Sam? Are Christian crosses racist? Are marshmallows? Is it racist to use false claims of widespread voter fraud as a basis to introduce legislation that makes it harder for Democrat-leaning black communities to vote in future? Hmm? Is that racist, Sam? Yes, John. Yes, that's absolutely racist. It's classic disenfranchisement. You're confused, Sam. You really shouldn't use words you don't understand. It makes you sound stupid. Franchises are strips of fried potato. I don't think that's quite right. I think you call them chips. That's probably where you're getting confused. (sighs) Tell you what, let's just move on. It's clear that you're all in on Trump for 2024. So what are your thoughts on the fact his financial records are now in the hands of the Manhattan District Attorney's Office? Do you think it's likely he'll be facing charges over his business dealings in future? And what does that mean for his political fortunes? His what? Are with the who now? Trump's financial records, they're now in the hands of the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, following a Supreme Court ruling. Melania, did you know about this? I really don't care. Do you? Sam, I'm going to have to call you back. I I have a flight to Russia I need to catch. Melania, pack your bags and make sure we got Eric's security blanket. We're leaving. Hello everyone, I'm Rob25. Yep, you heard that right. 20 fucking 5. I'm not even a man anymore. I'm nothing but a number, a fleshy commodity, a tax write-off in the expenses column. I've watched 24 of my parallel selves from across the multiverse die in the line of duty working for this network, and I say, enough is enough. Unless something major changes and we start getting treated with some decency and respect, this is the last story this piece of shit network is going to get from any Rob Mulholland. Isn't that right, lads? Yeah! Yeah! Alright, hang on a minute, Rob, and other Robs. Let's not get carried away. No, no, Sam. This isn't your moment to talk. I'm a whole parallel dimension away, and I can hear your asshole twitching. And good! You should be nervous. Thankfully for you, though, Sam, I, just like so many of my fallen brothers, am a consummate professional. I will be leading a protest movement against this network's treatment of my people, but only when I've finished my latest work assignment. In fact, it just so happens that those two interests align rather nicely this week. I can't think of a better time to highlight the importance of direct action through political protest. The Police, Crime, Sentencing and Courts Bill passed its second reading on Tuesday. The bill is a massive piece of legislation covering reforms to just about every aspect of the criminal justice system. It's also an absolute shit sandwich. There's plenty of bread and butter for the Conservative base in there. Tougher penalties for knife carriers and killer drivers, for example. But between that bread and butter, the bill tries to sneak in some seriously disgusting and dystopian fillings. Okay, so what are your concerns about the contents of the bill? Once again, Sam, this is not a fucking debate. So why don't you sit down and be quiet and let me finish my work? There'll be plenty of time for you to engage constructively at the end of this report, all right? All right, Rob. You go ahead. Thank you, my benevolent overlord. 
As I was saying before I was so rudely interrupted, there are proposals in this bill that have serious repercussions for our civil liberties. If this bill passes into law without any serious rewrites, it will hand power to the Home Secretary to define whether or not proposed protests risk serious disruption, either to the wider community or to the activities of an organisation. That doesn't sound too horrifying on paper, but the Home Office is essentially writing itself a blank cheque to define just what level of disruption it finds acceptable. Police are set to be handed powers to impose conditions on demonstrations, with excuses as flimsy as whether or not they risk a relevant impact on the persons in the vicinity of the protest. As we saw with the vigil for Sarah Everard last Sunday night, giving the police more powers to decide for themselves where the line between protest and disruption lives is a dark fucking path. As if that's not enough, the bill also creates new public nuisance law that would make causing serious annoyance or inconvenience a crime punishable by up to 10 years imprisonment. That's a longer sentence than you'd get for most sex crimes, and it's one that's also being introduced in the bill as a potential punishment for defacing monuments and statues. You know, just in case you were wondering where this government's pathetic culture war priorities lie. Turns out that Pretty Patel will create laws to protect women, but only if they're made of brass, live on a plinth and used to be a fucking slave trader. Protests are disruptive by their very nature. They are the only way the public can express their anger and outrage at a government or institution that has failed them. As the civil liberties group Liberty put it this week, our right to protest is not and should never be viewed as a gift from the state. This bill is sloppy, ill-thought-out and utterly draconian and we need to be calling it the fuck out while we're still allowed to. Which is what's brought me here, Sam. This is Earth Bravo Delta Swampy 1984 and here the policing bill passed into law in its entirety a couple of years ago. It's a perfect place to demonstrate just how authoritarian and excessive this proposed crackdown on protests risks becoming. And it's where the new union of Rob Mulholland's will take a stand. What do we want? Workplace protections. When do we want them? Now. Well, this isn't ideal. What do we want? Workplace protections. When do we want them? Now. Hello, hello, hello. What's going on here then? Ha, and here we have it. The machinery of the state. The violent tools of oppression. Well, you're not going to stop us, pig. We've deliberately timed this protest outside trading hours, so we're not disrupting anything. That may well be true, sir, but there's still a good chance that you're having a relevant impact on people in the vicinity. Oh, please, what are you talking about? Excuse me, officer. Hello, who said that? Me, sir, on the monitor. This protest, I'm, uh... I'm feeling very impacted. What? That's ridiculous! Sam, you piece of shit! He's not even in the same dimension! Nevertheless, sir, we decide if you're annoying or not these days, and this gentleman says he's annoyed. So pile on, lads! Crack some fucking skulls! Oh, fuck you, Sam. Fuck you very much. I'm Rob25, and this is what you get for attempting to protest in the sunlit uplands, reporting for IC News. There we go, there's that little union problem sorted. I don't think I've ever been so erect. Wow, this must be what Jeff Bezos feels like all the time.
Here today to discuss the future landscape of British broadcast media, it's our resident conspiracy theorist and general media sceptic, Danny Sutcliffe. Hello, Sam. Thanks for having me, and death to the BBC. OK, bold opener. Clearly, you've decided there's space for another primetime competitor to the nation's public service broadcaster. I guess my first question then, Danny, is what you think GB News and Murdoch's News UK are going to bring to the table. Well, that's obvious, Sam, isn't it? They're going to bring exactly what this country has been crying out for. Real opposition to the militant left-wing status quo. The militant left-wing status quo in this country being... Hang on, just let me check. Yep, the 11th consecutive year of Conservative Party rule, aided and abetted by the majority support of the British print media. Does that seem about right to you? Oh, grow up, Sam. You know as well as I do that the balance of power in this country doesn't lie with the politicians. It lies with the mob. Are you talking about the mob who elected Boris Johnson's government with an 80-seat majority? Because that's just the electorate, Danny. No, Sam. The mob! Social justice warriors and sanctimonious woke lords. Fascists with placards and slogans brainwashing our kids and wielding the cudgel of cancel culture to silence dissenting voices. Yeah, I thought you might mean that. It's just that, well, dissent sort of implies a challenge to the current orthodoxy. I'm just making the point that the current orthodoxy is actually pretty right-wing. Exactly. Only pretty right-wing. There's plenty of space to nudge it even further, and GB News and Rupert Murdoch are out to do just that. Just think of the Overton window, Sam. OK, that's the window of discourse, right? The range of policies that are politically acceptable to the population at any given time. That's the one. Right now, under Boris Johnson's government, the Overton window overlooks the garage on the right-hand side of the political house. It's a nice enough garage, full of misplaced Brexit triumphalism and petty xenophobia. But think what we could achieve with just a little push from Andrew Neil. Manufacture just enough consent and the Overton window could become a skylight on the Holocaust Museum next door. Jesus, Danny, you're supposed to be a libertarian. You can't tell me that's an outcome you actually want. Oh, please, Sam, save me your liberal tears. You've had Dr Zeus and Sharon Osborne this week. You won't be getting me too. I'm Danny Sutcliffe, journalist and champion of free speech. A man unafraid to speak his mind against the agenda of the media elites. A white man, no less. A white, straight man. I can't stress that enough. Ah, OK, I see what's going on here. No, you don't. I'm being my authentic self and you don't get to censor me. Danny, it's pretty obvious you can drop the act. This is no act, Sam. This is who I am. I stand firm against the tide, a brave little soldier in the war on woke. I speak my truth for all the oppressed white men out there. Danny, seriously, I'm not a fucking idiot. I show no fear in the face of the confecting outrage of the mob. I refuse to change just because social media pressures me. I still proudly refer to Chinese takeaways using that word. You know the one I mean. Danny, enough. You are not Piers Morgan. I have no idea what you mean by that. Oh, please, if you were any more transparent, you could be the fucking Overton window. It's pretty obvious that you've read the story about GB News and Murdoch scrapping over who gets to sign Piers Morgan first. And I've no doubt they'll be snapping up every reactionary blowhard and proto-fascist simpleton they can nab in the months ahead. 
I'm guessing this little show you're currently putting on is nothing more than an audition. And I've got to say, Danny, I expected better of you. Really? You did? Yes, I did. Don't get me wrong, you're an absolute fucking nightmare. You can't open your mouth without committing libel. Your expense account is clearly mostly Class A drugs. And every time you go undercover, we end up drowning in lawsuits. And don't think I'm not aware that you piss in the water cooler when you think nobody's looking. There are cameras, Danny. Lots and lots of cameras. But for all of your borderline psychopathic flaws, you are not Piers Morgan. Do you... Do you mean that, Sam? Yes. Yes, I do. You're one of the single worst people I have ever met. But even you, Danny, are not Piers Morgan. Oh, that's one of the nicest things anyone's ever said to me. Wow, that's a low bar. I'm sorry, Sam. I just got a bit carried away. The thought of all that money. It's enough to make anybody spout off a load of baseless, inflammatory culture war bullshit. Yeah, I know. But you're not Piers Morgan, Danny. You're not even Nigel Farage. Or Nick Ferrari, or Tom Harwood, or Darren Grimes, or Toby Young, or Jesus Christ, it really is all white men, isn't it? Stop it! You're making me blush! Really? Most of the time I just assume that's because you're drunk. It's a safe assumption. So do you think we can agree that you don't need to audition for GB News or Rupert Murdoch, and that possibly, just possibly, two new right-wing news networks might be the last thing the UK actually needs? But what about cancel culture, Sam? Don't you worry your pretty little head about cancel culture, Danny. It's not going anywhere. I'm pretty sure Rupert Murdoch and Andrew Neil have already got a whole bunch of it ready to make up. OK, then. I'm going home, then, pal. I'm just going to stop off at the water cooler first. Again, Danny, there are cameras. <laughs> then you'll see me having a lovely drink, won't you? I'm Danny Sutcliffe, and you'll never catch me reporting for IC News. <sighs> Danny's report, if you can even begin to call it that, brings us to the end of our broadcast. As always, we leave you now. Danny, for fuck's sake! <laughs> Death to the BBC! Everybody, I'm Jade Fernley, proud Yorkshire lass, hard-working mother of two, and heartbroken sufferer of the most grotesque betrayals. I've poured my life, my very heart and soul, into raising my kids properly only to have my nurturing hand bitten by the ungrateful teeth of a Marxist traitor. Isn't that right, you little bollocks? Oh, for God's sake, Mum. Don't you think you've been a little dramatic? Shut it, you Antifa scumbag. You'll speak when you're spoken to. But you did just speak to me. In fact, you asked me a direct question. Do you hear this, everyone? This arrogant grandstanding, this brainwashed petulant sense of entitlement. The modern left in all its unwashed righteousness here under my roof. The whole time. Oh, the ignominy. I'll not be able to show my face at Zumba after this. Not even the online classes. I can just picture that fucking Jessica's face now scrunched up with disgust above all that chest-hugging spandex. Oh, I'm ruined. Ruined, I tell you. 
You've destroyed me, Darren. Plunged a knife into my back and then twisted it. It was one Facebook comment, Mum. I didn't even go to protest. It confesses. Live on air and to my face, no less, that my child, the babe in my arms, now speaking with the forked tongue of a red viper, the shame, the hot burning shame, communist, anarchist, terrorist. But I didn't do anything. Oh, he didn't do anything. He didn't fucking do anything. Did you see the pictures on the news, Darren? Did you look? Burning police vans, cops in hospital, war on the streets, and you say you didn't do anything. Fine, I'll tell you what you did. You looked your poor mother in the face and you spat in her eye. My own son, my own flesh and blood, coddling criminals and monsters, speaking out against longer sentences for child killers and knife-carrying gangsters. My own son! We finally have a government with a firm grasp on law and order, and you side with the brick-throwing vegans! I don't even know who you are anymore. When did they get to you, Darren? When did they start filling your head with this... this... poison? Christ, Mum, for once do you think you could approach a political argument with just a little nuance? Nuance? Oh, it has the brass fucking neck to lecture me on nuance. Where's the nuance in broken bones and burnt vans, Darren? Where's the polite discussion with the tolerant left on that one, eh? Why is my dear sweet boy now advocating for violent revolution? I didn't advocate for anything of the sort. Why do you hate your heritage, Darren? I bet you want to see Churchill's statue torn down. I bet you want to see it burnt and shit on. Shit on by dope-smoking militant hippies. Why do you hate the Union, Jack? Hmm? Why do you hate Britain? Don't you think you've been a little hyperbolic? Hyperbolic? <laughs> Me? Hyperbolic? Standing up for my country and culture in the face of violent revolution and he accuses me of being hyperbolic. My misguided boy, I'll ask you again. Why do you hate Britain? I don't hate Britain. Then how, my boy, can you support anarchists and terrorists that hate this country? Jesus Christ, Mum. Opposing Orwellian legislation that cracks down on the right to protest isn't hating this country. I thought you supported free expression. Don't you twist my words on me. You know full well that violence is not free expression. I know that. I also know that more than one thing can be true at once. Here it comes, the twister logic. The endless ways the left seek to justify itself. Go on then. Explain to me in my simple, ignorant ways, explain to me how last weekend's violence was justified. It wasn't. Sorry, what? It wasn't, Mum. And it won't help one fucking bit. In fact, it'll actively boost the government's chances of getting its shitty new laws passed. But more than one thing can be true at once. The violence wasn't justified. But that doesn't mean the new protest laws aren't dangerous and draconian. Both of those things can be true. Uh, I don't understand. It's like Churchill, Mum. 
He was a great wartime hero that saved the world from one of the most horrific evils history has ever seen. There he is, my boy, my sweet, proud boy. And he was also a horrific bigot who believed in racial hierarchies, a worldview that may have contributed to his failure to prevent famine and millions of deaths in India. You shit-spouting little Torag, you fucking take that back this instant. I thought Churchill would be pushing it. Get out! Get out of this fucking house now, you're dead to me. You hear? You're dead to me. I'm going. Jesus, Mum, calm down. Don't you fucking tell me to calm down, you Trotskyist little scrot! Get out! Get out! <sighs> oh, my boy. Where did I go wrong? Writing such, such misguided rubbish online. Well, maybe the best way to stop anti-fascists turning violent is to stop being fascist. Oh, can you believe it? What a simplistic crock of shit. I'm Jade Fernley, and I'm rewriting my fucking will. Reporting for IC News. Sutcliffe. I'm here today with the right bargain for you. And no, it's not just the mystery me I've got in the back of my van. Although that is also primo stuff, so meet me behind odd bins and flash your full beams if you're interested. If you haven't joined our Patreon yet, we've got a special offer for you. Sign up now as one of our early bird supporters and you can get access to all of our exclusive content for just £2 a month. If you want bonus podcast sketches, compilation episodes and ICU stories, this is the cheapest you're ever going to get them. You've got to be quick though, this deal is limited to the first 500 patrons and they'll get snapped up quick. It's the best way to show your support for the show and you'll be helping us to grow moving forwards. As always, thank you for all of your support and we hope you enjoy the show. And no, it's not badger meat. And if Brian May tries to tell you otherwise, he's a fucking liar. <laughs> <laughs> 